We welcome in uh, for the last time, the oh, last time this season. Oh, this is the season finale, not the series finale. This is the mm. season finale because he ain't going nowhere. I'll franchise tag him if I have to. Uh, Joel Klatt, presented by Audi Flatirons. Hello, Joel. You franchise tag me. I'm going to demand a trade. <laughs> uh, hey, it's in the collective bargaining agreement. You you guys uh, you uh, guys negotiated. Not my fault. You, you agreed to this. <laughs> uh, uh, how you guys doing? Good, good. How you how you how you feeling? Good. All right. Good. Dude, I'm doing really well. Let's go. Hey, hey, Joel. You know, last week uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh was on with Colin Cowherd, and, and obviously you you've seen it and you've heard it. Him talking about. J.J. McCarthy is going to be the first overall player taken in the draft, and, you know, he's making that prediction. And so Mike, you know, gave me an assignment to go look at some film on him. So I went back and I looked at some stuff, and, and I want your opinion on this because the stuff that I saw, the stuff that caught my eye was a couple of things. One, foot energy in the pocket. I thought he was great in his drops. I thought he was always balanced in the pocket. I thought he had great kind of pocket awareness. And the thing that really kind of blew me away that I didn't really realize because I don't watch a ton of college football was not only his athleticism, his ability to escape the pocket, but his ability to, uh, you know, his ability to be accurate on the run, accurate on the move. And his arm talent is off the charts, I thought, in some of the stuff I watch. So um, that being said, I don't know if you agree with that stuff or not, but I wanted to know more about from a progression passer and getting through progressions, like what what you thought of McCarthy in those scenarios? Yeah. So all of the things you just talked about are, are absolutely right. He is, he is very skilled and talented. There's a lot of athleticism there. Um, uses his legs in, in a very smart way. There, there were several times when he would, you know, steal two or three first downs a game with his legs. And, and he definitely has the athleticism to, to do that. I thought that early in his career, like most young athletic quarterbacks, he used that too often um, and relied on that too much, too heavily. And what I saw as his career developed was a guy that would use that as a last resort. And, and when you use that as a last resort, that tends to, at least in, in my estimation, put more pressure on the defense because they have to defend the concept for a longer amount of time and, and, and really as a primary versus just trying to defend you and him you in. So that's, that's number one. And then all the things that you were talking about, you know, his arm talent jumps off the screen. There's no doubt about it. I thought that he developed as his career went on in the last three years, he got much better in terms of progression reading, understand where to go with the football, and and in, in particular, in just a straight drop back sense. Now, there's only really one concern for me, and that is is just number of reps. And even though he played a lot of football, because of the style that Michigan was using, and, and the blueprint, I think, is, is a better way to, to say it, the blueprint that they were utilizing to go win football games. He wasn't asked to do what, like, a Michael Penix was doing or a Caleb Williams was doing or even a Drake May was doing in terms of the number of times he was asked to just drop back and control the game from the pocket. Now, that's two different things because can he do it? Yes. He does have the skills to do it. Did he do it very often? No. In fact, you know, when I go back, 
it would be, I don't know, four to six times maybe a game where he would be either in the shotgun or under center and have a straight drop back that was not quick game. Okay, so if it's if it's not quick game, then that decision is going. So so quick game. When I say that, that decision is generally made pre snap. You know, you know where you're going with the ball, and something has to happen pretty drastic post snap for you to not go to the primary in the quick game. You're developing your your movement key, your your target based on what the look of the defense is, and the ratios of the defense, and the leverage of the defense, so on and so forth. So. Post-snap reads are more difficult. Everybody knows this. Michael Penix did this a lot at Washington. Reading the field all the way down the field, he would do it 15 to 25 times per game, whereas McCarthy would be doing it four to six times per game. So it's two different conversations to say, like, he didn't do it all that often, or I just don't think he can. I think he absolutely can do it. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Now, will that happen quickly at the NFL level? Maybe, depending on who his coach is and who he's developing with and, and more specifically, you know, what type of offensive line he's playing behind. But he can do it. There's, there's no doubt about it. It's just that we didn't see it all that often at Michigan because of the blueprint that they used to go win the national championship. Busy with Joel Clapp, presented by Audi Flatirons. Joel, as we get into all of this uh, studying of the quarterbacks and, and who might be a good fit uh, for the Broncos, when it comes to these Shrine Games and Senior Bowls and Combines and, and Pro Days, how, when, when you're looking at quarterbacks, when you're evaluating quarterbacks, how much do these kind of showcases influence you? How do, how do you, what do you look for? What should we all look for when it comes to evaluating these guys? Boy, that's, that's a great question. I think it's hard, <laughs> you know, obviously. Um, well, let me, uh, I'd love to, you know, Mark, uh, jump in on this after if um, you don't mind, because, and maybe this was just a different era because of the way that the game has has changed. But I can only speak to my experience, okay? So I wasn't in one of those all-star games, but I was in rookie mini camps. And generally speaking, the guys that earn the trust of their teammates and the coaching staff the quickest are the ones that can operate the system the quickest. Can you get in and out of the huddle? Can you take a snap? Do you know where to go with the football? You know, can you operate the concepts? And the guys that can go in there and do that and basically run practice efficiently, everyone's like, we want him in the, in the game. And I can tell you by, through experience, the only reason I was able to get a contract with Detroit and New Orleans wasn't because of my talent. It was because I could operate the system. So I went into rookie minicamp, and I was the only quarterback that could actually take us through a team period. Why? Because I could get in and out of the huddle. And I know that has nothing to do with, like, the way you're throwing, the throws you're making, so on and so forth. But I'm telling you, like, that's a big deal once you get to the next, next level and you're trying to practice and you're trying to operate as a team. And the guy that can do that the cleanest generally earns the trust – I, I would say of, of the teammates and the coaches. Um, so those are the guys that I think impress the most. And, and those are not the things that you can actually evaluate as, as a scout on the outside or, or, you know, just watching on TV. 
Yeah, I think one of the interesting things, Joel, is practice is different. Like seven on seven isn't real, right? And and so there are like you evaluate a quarterback in practice. Like the the best evaluator in any practice is one on ones because it's the hardest thing you'll ever do for an offensive and defensive lineman because it's it doesn't really simulate what you get in the game. But as an offensive lineman, if you can block one on ones in a one on one drill, then People will look at you and go, that translates because we'll, we'll, we'll very rarely will you ever be in a position where you got to have a seven-step drop where you're one-on-one with a, you know, a, a, a beast that's a three technique and, you know, and, and you got turned each way away from you. You know, that it just doesn't happen very often. You know what's interesting as, as you're saying that? You know, yeah. you're saying that one-on-ones is the hardest thing that you do as an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, right? Maybe more so an offensive lineman. Offense, yeah. See, I would argue that the hardest thing that a quarterback does is live 11 on 11, being live. Yeah, see, I, that's, I totally that's agree That's the with hardest that. thing that a quarterback has to do. See, when, when a quarterback's in one-on-ones, there's no timing. Seven on seven is easy. Yeah. You know, and so there are guys that look great in those settings. And this is what I despise about this. People will be like, did you see that throw he made in seven-on-seven or one-on-ones? It's like, who right. cares? Right. What? Oh, that, that makes no bearing. That's why a guy like Brock Purdy ends up being the last pick in the draft. But during an NFC championship game, when the defensive tackle wins against the guard and is barreling down on the dude's chin, he stands there like an absolute boss and delivers – a beautiful ball across the middle to Debo while he gets absolutely rocked in his teeth. That's hard. Yeah. You know, so that's what's, and this is what's so difficult about a quarterback evaluation. There's no setting in practice or in a combine or in a meeting in a dark room where you can tell if a guy has that in him. Yeah. Good you know, what's, what's, what's interesting, too, is, you know, I heard a lot of people reporting back from the combine that Bo Nix wasn't great in practice. But you know what? The dude I saw play on Saturday in the Senior Bowl looked like he had command, and there were a couple throws he made that I was like, you know, under duress, where I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty damn good. And so it, it is one of those things where... It's just a really, it's a really interesting evaluation because I'm 100% with you. Seven on seven is easy unless you're Tim Tebow and you scramble on seven on seven. So <laughs> now let's know, let's which not, I've watched let's, I've watched more than a handful there's, there's of times. No need while I was for any, and no need for any gratuitous uh, cheap <laughs> shots at uh, Timmy. It's just, uh, it wasn't cheap. It was just true. Very quickly, very quickly here, Joel. Uh, there, there seems to be, and, and look, if, if lips are moving right now, they're lying. But there, there seems to be some rumblings that Drake May's stock is dropping, while Jaden Daniels is climbing to the point where Daniels now may be review, uh, be uh, regarded as QB two, and May QB three, or maybe even lower. Would would that be a huge mistake for teams to pass on Drake May? I personally think so. Um... You know, I, I, Jaden's a really talented player, but but Drake has something. Ha, Drake has something incredibly special, and and you have to also think of this. Drake didn't go play for a program that was going to be um, w- widely better and more talented around him than his opponent, so he's going to be more used to like an NFL environment, 
because he's been playing in an environment where he's had to raise the level of his team, which was more similar to his opponent. Um, I think Drake is incredible. I think it would be a mistake to pass on him, but and for him, it's probably better because the higher you get drafted, the worse that organization is. Give me an NFL comp. Give me an NFL current NFL QB comp for Drake May. He's a better passing Josh Allen. Whoa. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and by, by like better passing, <laughs> I mean like significantly. And still has all the mobility and, and, and size and durability, all that. He's, he's huge. He's right off the farm. He's down to earth. He's athletic, incredible in the pocket. Like, dude's an absolute stud. Any other year outside of a Caleb Williams, this dude is a slam dunk first pick in the draft. Wow, a heck of an endorsement. Yeah, um, you know, you know, one of the things you said that was interesting to me about about you know JJ McCarthy is depending upon where you get drafted and I think that is like I think that's one of the kind of dirty secrets it's it's not only where you get drafted it's just how you're how you're developed and in today's NFL oftentimes you get drafted somewhere where they throw you in and ask you to do things you can't do you know you're not yeah. ready to do and I always I yeah, say Justin like, Fields in Chicago like right, Chicago's ruined times that happens to a kid in in the NFL that essentially could be a great player that never amounts to much and becomes a bust because of of the situation he's put in. Yeah, it's, it's it might be happening to Bryce Young right now. Yeah. Uh, final final question. Since this is your last show with us, and I'm I'm sure we might get a chance to to visit with you before the draft, but call your shot right now. Does Sean Payton draft a quarterback in the first round? I think he does. I think he does. I think that there are going to be five guys that people are are comfortable enough drafting in the first round, and and I think Sean's going to take one of them. And if I if I had to be if I had to lay money on it, I think it's going to be Knicks. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> last oh, last, uh, last. I cannot uh, wait to hear him say, Hi, I'm Bo Nix. He doesn't, talk, he doesn't talk like that. We we heard some Bo Nix last week, Joel, and you're right. He does not sound like Mark wants him to sound like. No. Then, no, I, but, then I want a different but, guy. You know what? Then the I want a different guy. It's, you know what it is? Mark just loves huh. Bubby Brister so much. Yes. He's That's getting true. Bubby vibes it, off it is, of Bo. It's, it is true. Bubby, I do have Bo, some Bubby yeah, vibes. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Uh, final question comes in from one of our textures. Uh, Mark is very fond, increasingly so lately, of talking about everybody letting you eat. Uh, quarterbacks let it eat. Uh, pitchers let it eat. Uh, yeah. Golfers let it eat. Uh, Joel, were you ever a let it eat quarterback? Man, I wasn't talented enough to, to let it eat. I was just <laughs> I was locked into the operation of the system. I tried to let it eat one time. Um, didn't go all that well. And then I became <laughs> like a, hey, let's check it down all the time. And then I told you this story. You know, I, I was like, uh, hey, like, let's protect the football. You know, punt is a good play. Yeah. And so we're in practice in Detroit, and I check the ball down, and I come back feeling confident about myself, and Mike Marks is looking at me, 
and he's just staring at me and and in 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 some colorful language he he asks me like why the blank did I do that and I was like oh well there was two safeties and I didn't like the eight you know like the post route and and he looks at me like as if I'm stupid as if I just told him the earth is flat and and he was like if the safety was any good, he'd be a wide receiver. <laughs> Joe, I've had Let enough conversations. Eat. I've had enough conversations with Mike Martz. I could see his face looking at you right now. Like I could totally picture it. But you have heard people use the term "let it eat" because Mike never heard oh, yeah. "let it eat," and I was like, "Come on!" No, dude. In, in baseball, in baseball, I've never heard. Oh, it sure, as a Pitchers? "let it eat" type thing. Oh, let it all eat, the time. If you're going to yeah. throw a slider, you better let that thing eat. Well, yeah. You were you were once a let it eat quarterback, and then you became a you never go broke taking a profit quarterback. That's right. I love that. Never, don't go never broke met taking it. a profit. That's right. Never met a check down I didn't like. <laughs> don't get don't get bored with what works, man. Hey, if that's working for you, then let it eat. Hey, Joel, uh, we, we it, letting it eat for me was was the check down on every play. Hey, man, you were you've been uh, awesome again. I, I don't know how many years we've been doing this, but uh, it's uh, it's awesome. We love 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 your perspective, love your humor, love your stories, uh, everything. So um, thank you again, and we look forward to doing it all again next year. Yeah, man, I, I love being on with you guys. You guys are the best, and uh, I appreciate the, the opportunity every year. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank Joe Clark, presented by Audi Flatirons.